I'm your host, David Nage. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Baselayer podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of ARCA, where David Nage is a principal. ARCA is not responsible and does not verify the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast series available for listening. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform. The podcast series does not constitute financial advice or other professional advice or services. Please do your own research. This is David and this is your new episode of Bait Slayer. I have Mark Boyron, the CEO of Polygon Labs with me today. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. So I had the luck of hanging out with Mark and the Polygon team about a week or so, and it was blowing my mind, not only because I've been following Polygon for quite a long period of time, but a few other different reasons. One, I've never had Polygon on the show in five years, so this is a first. I'm really excited about it. Uh, we'll explain what Polygon is. If you don't know what it is, you don't know what it is, you should. We'll talk a little bit about some of the new things that Polygon has been doing lately, uh, really transforming from you know, an L2 into an explosive new opportunity for lots of blockchains to work together. But but before we get into a lot of the nuance here, I want Mark to kind of go through his background because it is exceptional. Mark is able to also talk very, very well about the technicalities of blockchains, but it came from more of a legal background too, which is just mind-blowing. And so Mark, if you could give us a little background and, you know, we'll get into obviously what Polygon is doing these days. Sure. So I am a lawyer by background, as, as you mentioned. I got into the space in about 2017 as a lawyer and uh, really working with a kind of bunch of projects on a broad range of issues. Got deep into DeFi in 2019, so pretty early, especially on the legal side. And then uh, came out of that, I've been in private practice, joined DYDX as its chief legal officer. Stayed there for about a year and a half and then joined Polygon Labs as its chief legal officer. And then I had the opportunity to take over as CEO about six months ago, and it's been uh, an amazing ride since then. Certainly has. So we're going to dive right into it. As I said, what we like to do is obviously with our founders and you know people that are running these things, we want to get them in and out because they're very busy people. So again, there's a lot happening in Polygon. Polygon has evolved. And I remember you speaking about this a few days ago. Polygon has evolved. You know, the market has known Polygon because of some of the amazing traction they've made with some of the biggest corporations in the world that are leveraging blockchains these days. And anyone from a Starbucks to a Nike, you name it. There has been a rapid evolution, though, uh, from Polygon to get much more in the technicals and much more of a foundational structure for blockchains. And so what I would love you to kind of discuss briefly, and then we're going to go into the, the technicalities of CDK, ZK, EVM, all the things that I know you want to talk about. Talk to us about kind of how Polygon came when you were there. What was it like? And then talk about your transition, how you've transitioned Polygon into this new juggernaut of blockchain. Yeah, it's a good question. So, so when I joined, one of the big focuses for Polygon was we had you know Polygon POS, which everybody knows is kind of like that is Polygon to most people. And you know the the thing that we were doing at that time, given that it was fast and cheap and easy to use, was kind of targeting that that concept of mass adoption, bringing on a lot of different uh, applications and a lot of different enterprises onto the chain so that they could bring their users. And the thing that was like lying dormant at the time 
is all the work that our ZK teams were doing from like researchers to developers, uh, which frankly just came to fruition earlier this year when we launched Polygon ZKVM, a true roll-up that most people, frankly, haven't even heard about because it's overshadowed by, by Polygon uh, POS. Uh, and since then, basically, we've just been kind of pushing the technical frontiers and we kind of released Polygon CDK, which is kind of a, a tech stack to develop your own chain. And now that is really what we're going to be developing on top of that we can get into if you want. Yeah. As I said, there's a lot here. So again, there's, as Mark alluded to, a series of upgrades to unify Polygon protocols with ZK technology. ZK, for those that may not know, zero knowledge. Now, we can spend three days here talking about what zero knowledge is. We're not going to do that. Of course, we'll put some show notes in here so people can learn about ZK. Polygon provides a great amount of educational resources there. So if anyone is curious about what zero knowledge is and why it's important, we're going to let you know. And so the idea, again, is this unification process. So one of the things I'd like to discuss, and this came from some of the work that you guys put out over the last few months, this is very interesting for those that are thinking kind of macro in terms of blockchains, why blockchains matter, why they relate to you know the Web2 infrastructure that everyone is used to these days. There's a few things that you guys noted. One, there's this concept of infinitely scalable. Throughout the internet, you know, scales elastically. And when we need more capacity, we build it, is what you all state. It's unified. Information exists in a shared environment accessible from anywhere in the world. Now, this can be a bad thing because obviously if you, you know, if you point to where that information is, hackers go there and they steal it. And that's we've seen that happen before. Individual blockchains are not or infinitely scalable. They are they're just not, apparently. And they have strict throughput limits. So talk to us about Polygon 2.0 and about how that is addressing that issue. For those that don't know it, you know, that is something that, you know, blockchains have a problem with is that they are not infinitely scalable and they have strict throughput limits. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So I think the first, and we came out with a vision of Polygon 2.0, the first step of this was to say, okay, how do we allow for infinite scaling? And really what that requires is the ability to easily create a new chain. And that's where kind of Polygon CDK came from, right? I think, I think in as little as 10 minutes, you could take a very basic version of Polygon CDK and spin up uh, a new chain. And so when you need more block space, what do you do? You spin up a new chain. And that's great and all, but if all you were doing was kind of infinitely scaling all of these separate chains that all need new infrastructure, all need new liquidity, you're not really left in a great spot. It's like, great, we can scale, but we probably don't even need that scaling at that point. Uh, and so the question is then, how do you actually unify all of those different chains? And that's really where kind of the, the crux of Polygon 2.0 comes like, is being able to like unify these chains so that you feel like you are operating on one chain, even though you get the scalability and the customization of all of these separate chains. So let's talk about CDK. For those that don't know that, uh, that is the heart of the vision here. That is what you call the chain development kit. It is an open source, a modular code base that anyone, anywhere, can use to launch their own L2 chain powered by your leading ZK technology on Polygon. So at the heart of that, this is your gem, your baby right now at Polygon is CDK. Talk to us about what the vision, you just alluded to it, obviously the unification factor, and obviously with scaling 
and with the obviously the kind of the limitations that blockchains have. CDK, talk to us about the grand vision of CDK because you laid it out a few days ago and it is really imaginative. Yeah. I mean, from, from my perspective, you need uh, developers to be able to pick what they want in a blockchain. And if you go to one kind of big chain, you really don't get to pick what it feels like for your sets of users. So what Polygon CDK really does is say, okay, what are, what are the benefits that you want from this? And usually there's some trade-offs when you do that and you get to pick them. So do you want the most secure chain that you can possibly create? In that case, you're going to pick to have a roll-up with kind of data availability on Ethereum and, you know, full kind of ZK proofs in there. Or you might say, I actually want something that's a little cheaper. I'm okay giving up a little insecurity. Maybe we're going to gaming. Most objects are like low cost, risk is low for users. And so you're going to choose a different kind of set of like trade-offs there. And you'll say, I actually want data availability to be local so that it's like super cheap. You might say, actually, you know, we're okay with something in the middle, we want more security. So we'll put it on like Celestia, for example, or, or Eigenlayer DA. And so that's kind of the set of trade-offs that you get to, to make on, on CDK. Now, when you think of that for like a DeFi application that has become really successful, they're going to choose one thing. But then when you think of all of these enterprises that are going to choose to launch chains because of the benefits that they can get from them, they're going to want something different. And so ultimately, the way that we envision things playing out is, is kind of a slow progression over the next year. And then I, I frankly think there's going to be like a hockey stick because you're getting to the point where rolling these up or uh, create, creating these are like really, really easy. And so instead of saying, okay, we're going to launch an application, what I actually like on an existing chain, I think what we're actually going to see is we're going to say, hey, we're going to launch a version of Polygon CDK that has these specifications. And they're basically going to be super low cost. And what this allows is for having an application that like the user base is uncertain at like an, an early set of time. And so like the trade-offs that you're willing and how much you're willing to pay are, are unclear. And then what you're gonna see is you're gonna see these applications like scale um, in terms of like on these chains. And so at that point, what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, okay, well, we actually need increased security now that we have higher TVL on this chain or more activity on this chain. Right? And they're just going to like upgrade the Polygon CDK to have either like a different layer of data availability or to kind of choose a specification that ends up being more secure. And so you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of chains that are going to spin up over the coming years that ultimately are going to be unified, as we talked about, by like this, what we refer to as like an ag layer, an aggregation layer that kind of aggregates all of these, uh, these proofs from these chains together. So talk to us, are there some current ones? We just uh, interviewed Robbie Ferguson from IMX Immutable yesterday, so it's great timing to have you on now too. Are there, can you give us some examples of some pre-existing L1s, L2s, anyone out there that is already currently using CDK? Yeah, so I think we've got a lot of them on testnet and in February is when we expect kind of a deluge going on on mainnet. But I think like the big names that, that most people are going to like recognize or think about, I think is first immutable ZKVM is, is the clearest one. OKX is going to be launching X1 as its own kind of general purpose chain. Uh, I think we've got ASTAR is another example, Canto as an example. So I think there's been there's there's been kind of a lot of interest, a lot on testnet, and we're super excited to see them actually get out on onto mainnet. Agreed. 
So I want to talk to you know a little bit about some of the nuances here. Now you've you said a few technical terms, and again, we always want to make sure on the show that everyone understands this. There are people obviously who are knee deep into into crypto and digital assets. They know these things cold, and there are people out there that are like, "What is that?" So I want to make sure everyone's level set. Now you talked about rollups, and there is something that you introduced in Polygon 2.0 where you are now using Ladiums uh, versus rollups. Can you give us the 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 differential between what a rollup is and a Valadium is, and why it's important in this uh, 2.0 kind of architecture? Yeah. Uh, so really, the difference is that a rollup has kind of the full security of Ethereum, and the way that it gets that is by putting all of the data that the sequencer receives from transactions onto Ethereum, allowing that to always be accessible on the most secure blockchain that you could put it on. And so um, that's really the general kind of basics behind a, a rollup. A Validium is slightly different in that instead of that data going to Ethereum, which is more expensive to put that data onto, you end up putting it somewhere else. And there's a lot of flavors of what this could look like. You could put it locally. Um, and that is the cheapest way to do it. It's also a really secure way to do it because you have full control over that data. Uh, you could go one step further. You could make it available to what we refer to as a data availability com- a committee. So this is actually the set of validators that currently serves as the Polygon POS validators. When we upgrade Polygon POS to a Validium, they will serve as that data availability committee. And so they're securing that data as kind of the the 100 validators that that are there. And then when you go one step further, you can use kind of other alternatives there. Usually they'll be slightly more expensive than that data availability committee, but they might actually be uh, a little more secure. So you've got Celestia, Avail, Eigenlayer, Near. Those are all other options. And then when you go one step further, now you're back on Ethereum and you've got to roll up again. Right. Thank you for that. Obviously, for those, again, that are far in that, that was great one-on-one. For those that have no idea what you just talked about, hopefully you get a little bit better understanding of that. And again, we want to educate here and we'll be continuing to do that on the show. One of the other things that was also introduced in 2.0 was Maiden. It was written about, and so Maiden is trying to achieve ultimate scalability by radically changing how blockchains are designed. Big idea. It changes the paradigm that everything in a blockchain must be transparent to be verifiable. Talk to us about that. What does that mean? That the idea of verification, immutability, transparency, all those things. This was a very interesting, you know, kind of statement there. Talk to us about, you know, the idea that. Everything in a blockchain must be transparent to be verifiable. Talk to us about what that means when it relates to Maiden. Yeah. So, so Maiden, first of all, except the kind of baseline, is a different VM from the EVM. We've created like the Maiden VM. So completely different approach, frankly, to how a network works than what you see uh, in the Ethereum virtual machine. But, but at the core, Maiden is ZK technology. And the idea here is the ZK technology you can prove certain things without actually having to uh, kind of release that information. And so that's the idea of where you get a certain amount of like transparency through this ZK technology while also maintaining a certain amount of privacy, which we don't actually lean into that much for Maiden, but is actually like a core feature of, of Maiden, which will actually create a lot more desirable applications than what exists elsewhere that I'm, I'm happy to touch upon. Yeah, let's do that. Because one of the things that was very interesting to me is that when I was reading more about it, and obviously we'll again, we'll provide you know notes on this specifically anything that doesn't touch the public state 
again, we call that EVM, public state. It's a place where things are, are housed. Users can execute smart contracts on their devices and then send ZK proofs to the network. When you say devices, and we talked about this last week, you know that my I'm very big on the thesis that 24 is going to be the year of mobile. Talk to us about that. What do you mean when you say they're devices? Yeah. So mine might be one of the coolest things that we're working on that anyone who digs into it is amazed by. And the reason for that is because it uses the concept of what we call client-side proving. So the idea here is that you create a transaction on your end, and you can actually prove that transaction from literally your phone. So usually we think of a prover as like a big database that is proving and, and these transactions. That is not the case with Maiden. You're actually proving your own individual transactions. And what that means is that you can also alter your transactions on your own. Um, and so when you start carrying that out and you start thinking, and I've spent a lot of time uh, on clubs and being, being at UIDS, and I start thinking of like applications for Maiden, the one that becomes so obvious to me is the idea of having a limit order book uh, on chain because with Maiden, you sit there and you literally create a transaction and you can, it, it's literally like on your phone, but it's broadcasted out for anyone to take and you can edit that transaction. And as Maiden evolves, what it'll also allow is for full private transactions that can still be kind of worked with. And so what you're going to end up is basically with an exchange where market makers don't need to make all of their strategies that they typically want to keep private, now they need to make them public, well, they'll actually be able to keep them public, not private, while also being able to have massively high throughput when they want to kind of fill, create orders, cancel orders. Uh, and so like use cases like that are things that are going to be very unique in Maiden that will actually kind of satisfy the needs in a decentralized, censorship-resistant way that you can't really get elsewhere, which is super cool. That is cool. And again, you know, it's our thesis, not only here on the show, but obviously uh, from an investment standpoint that we need to really mobilize mobile. It needs to be something that is more usable in crypto and digital asset infrastructure. We're a very, you know, nomadic kind of society. Of course, you know, over the last few years, we had some issues with that, but now we're out and about. We're traveling, we fly, we we go all over the place and we're on our phones constantly. So very interesting with Maiden. The last few minutes while I have you here, Mark, you know, I'd love to kind of hear from you again. There is such a amazing roadmap that you have designed for 24. Besides the roadmap with CDK, with Maiden, some of the things that we've talked about, I would love to hear where you think in terms of the sectors and the use cases that are going to be affected in such a positive way with Polygon next year. Where do you think, you know, you know, first and foremost, is it gaming, is it DeFi? Where do you really see Polygon taking a footprint on from a sector perspective next year? Yeah, I think you you literally touched on the two that, that I would touch on. I think let's start with gaming there. I think uh, most people, uh, actually probably not enough people know, that Polygon's been very focused on gaming for the last uh, two years or so. And given the time that it takes to actually develop games, you don't actually see uh, all that much of it actually on chain. And next year is kind of the first year where you're going to get to see a lot of these getting deployed on chain, which is going to be very exciting. On top of that, given that Immutable ZKVM is built with Polygon CDK, 
What that means is that all of the games that are existing in the immutable ecosystem are kind of being brought into the, the Polygon kind of CDK ecosystem as well. And when you start looking at like what Polygon's done with that and what Immutable's kind of done on the gaming side and you bring those together, what you see is frankly a gaming giant from an infrastructure perspective. And then when you think of like the great tooling that I'm guessing Robbie talked about uh, with you on, on the podcast that they've created, uh, you start getting like a very easy to use kind of ecosystem from a gaming perspective. So I think that's going to be very exciting. And then I think the other one, this mostly comes from, from my background and belief that DeFi is the core to a lot of what we do on blockchain is we are going to be doubling down on DeFi. I think when you look at, at DeFi on Polygon POS, what you see is like a very vibrant ecosystem with a few hundred DeFi applications on there already. And so we are looking forward to seeing that grow in on, on Polygon CKDM as we put kind of more effort, time, resources into making that happen. That's that's uh we're definitely gonna be following up on that one, Mark. So the last thing I wanted to ask you about is there was a design, again, there was a lot of redesigning, there was a lot of maneuvering, there's a lot of new things that you have brought to bear. There were acquisitions of Hermes and others out there that have created this bastion of infrastructure that you're supporting right now. The last thing is you introduced Pull, again, we're talking about the digital assets, not inside of things, as a next-gen protocol token designed to become the major tool for coordination and growth of the Polygon ecosystem and the main driver of the vision of the value layer for the internet. Why was this necessary? What is Poll's role in 24? Yeah, it's a good question. And I'll try to keep it simple because there's complexity here. So one of the parts that we haven't talked about is that we're developing a staking hub. And effectively what this is, is if you think of Polygon POS right now, it has its set of validators and they only validate transactions on Polygon POS. Except those validators can be used for a lot more things once you start bringing Polygon CDK into it. What they can, as I mentioned, actually start serving as a data availability committee for anyone who wants kind of data availability stored there. They can also be used to start decentralizing sequencers and provers that the CDK chains use. And so when you think of that, then you start thinking, well, we need some kind of mechanism to make this happen. And one of the mechanisms is some kind of inflation in the token so that you can reward validators for their transactions and they don't need to rely just on gas fees for these CDK chains. And so effectively what Poll does is it is a, a one-to-one version of Matic that allows for uh, uh, inflation that ultimately results in being able to stake that poll to validators who can now, instead of just validating one set of, of transactions on Polygon POS can now validate transactions on Polygon POS and whatever other CDK chains end up wanting to use it. It effectively ends up kind of diversifying the reward stream that those validators are receiving, including when they're kind of used for data availability. So you no longer have like a token that is kind of like a one-to-one uh, kind of uh, result of, of what happens on Polygon POS, you basically now have like this diversified token um, that ends up benefiting from all of these chains that are paying gas to the validators. Got it. And we're going to leave it there. So again, there is a host of things that Polygon has been cooking up uh, this year. The, the 
crypto winter part due, if you want to call it that. doesn't mean that people stop building and innovating. So obviously, Polygon and their team have been doing that this year, uh, having a massive rollout in 24. So we're going to have Mark on again, hopefully midway through, talk about all the things that are happening there at Polygon. Mark, again, it was a pleasure having you on. Congrats on all the success so far there at Polygon. And hopefully you have a great beginning of 24 over there at the team. Thanks, David. Same to you. We look forward to building a lot in 2024 and we'll tell you all about it. Sounds good. Thanks for listening in to Baselayer. If you'd like the show and all the different guests that we've brought on, please give a like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you do listen to the podcast. Also, if you want to have a conversation or reach out to me, you can reach me out on Twitter at David J. Nage. And let's talk there. Or also you can find me on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having great conversations with you all about digital assets.